More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. We set up the basics of the Daniel Penny trial. It is now a trial. He has been indicted on Friday. We're going to return to that story here in just a few moments. Also, keeping a close eye on the border. It feels at some level like we're just giving you updates on that disaster becoming more disastrous. And some of the additional uh, second-order effects, like now there are people being told, sorry, you can't actually rent those rooms, or you're not able to, uh, you know, veterans aren't able to be housed, let's say, in some of this uh, housing that's meant for people to help them get back on their feet. Got to clear out room for the illegals. That's what we see going on. That's what we see happening. So we'll uh, we'll return to those stories in a second. But this just hit me. I mean, Clay sent me this. And I, I couldn't believe, honestly, at the time that this is where things had, had gone. This is the reality that we all we all face. But they must not have been paying very close attention over at the whoever owns. I don't even know who owns Miller Lite. I, as you all know, I, I don't really know much about beer at all. Beer, I guess, and, and professional sports teams these days. I have celiac disease, so I cannot drink. Drinking beer for me is like drinking poison. I can't drink beer. Normal beer. I know. Everyone's going to say, what about sorghum ale? I always want to say to people, Clay, does that sound awesome to you, sorghum ale? I, I, I just want to say that might have been the most Brian Stelter-like uh, audio drop of your career. I don't really drink beer, and I don't know anything about sports. And then everybody out there is like... <laughs> Stelter's right, like, Clay. I knew Stelter Let's, pumped his fist, and he was like, Stelter's I knew like, Buck was Sexton my guy. Is, Sexton is on the team. He is right there with me. Soon you you and Stelter are going to be having like a oh, meeting man. where you just hug and cry. You know, just cry one out. You put your head on his shoulder. We're going to be wearing some CNN on onesies. It's going to be great. You know, with the little feet You're gonna be built walking, into the PJs. Yeah, the walking around with vagina hats before all is said and done here pretty soon in the Women's March. All right, let's get cry. back to making fun of Coors Lighter, Miller Lighter, whoever, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, so here we had Miller Lite. Watching what had happened to Bud Light and deciding, you know what? It's a good time for us to release an ad where we also try to move the f- the feminist conversation about beer making forward. Play some of this audio, guys. Here's a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America. Ow. It's time beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this and buying it back so that they can turn it into good for women brewers. But there's definitely more out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good too. So here's to women. Because without us, there would be no beer. Yeah, there also would be no humanity or existence. We all get that. We're all very pro-women here. This is This is utterly bizarre. And and also this this game that that we're all going to play now. Do you, you know what the most consistent privilege across all cultures, 
across all societies, all races, all religions, all periods in history. You know what the real privilege is, Clay? Good-looking people. Now, Clay is shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I know. It's a big, it's a big challenge for the very good-looking folks. But I'm just, I'm just telling you, pretty people privilege, as it is known, that is real. And, you know, it's just the way that it is. And this notion that, you know, we're not using bikinis to sell beer anymore. It's like, what are you using to sell beer these days? Because the whole guy dressed as a girl thing didn't work out very well. So for people out there who haven't seen this video, this is a woman walking through uh, a factory floor, like a beer universe, I don't know, brewery. I'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to be. And behind her, there's all these photos of old Miller Lite ads with girls in bikinis. So first of all, if you want to talk, everybody wants to talk about privilege these days. The apex of privilege is hot girl privilege. If you are an incredibly good-looking woman, you get more privilege than anyone who has ever existed in the history of mankind. And everybody out there listening knows that this goes on all the time. Remember back in the day there used to be a... uh Seinfeld's a great show, right? Uh, Seinfeld was dating a really good-looking woman, and he, he basically made this argument. She could do anything that she wanted. Really good-looking women can get away with anything. So if you really wanted to go and address the privilege hierarchy, this is the apex, okay? I also don't understand. If you are Miller Lite, and you are looking around at everything that's going on with Bud Light, and you have legitimately, Buck, seen your overall brand scales, uh, sales, this was in the Wall Street Journal, skyrocket by 20%. Why in the world would you decide that you were going to do anything to help light yourself on fire in the same method, magnitude, or uh, process by which Bud Light has done this? And I think the only answer is because when this is also funny, this would be a funnier ad than this ridiculous Miller Lite ad would be the guy who was sitting in the marketing room when they played this ad, who 100 percent knew that this ad was a disaster, but was afraid he'd be called a misogynist if he said, hey, I don't think we should repudiate our ads featuring women in bikinis. And this also ties in. Can we pull back up the Tudor Dixon clip that we played on Thursday? I own a beer. Gratis beer located in Tennessee. we got a beer company. We're having fun with it. It's just in Tennessee. I'd encourage you to drink it. If I owned a big national beer company right now, I would go so aggressively into girls in bikinis, parties, football, having an amazing time, which was the number one way we sold beer up until like seven years ago, and my beer sales would skyrocket because the overwhelming majority of my beer drinkers like pretty girls, football, and having a good time. This is not rocket science, okay? The number of women out there who are offended because girls in bikinis help to sell beer is virtually zero. There's people who claim that they're offended, but the actual number of people who are offended by this is zero. I mean, look, look at, we're in the news business, right? Basically. And you look at, you look on TV. Now, yes, it's not a modeling competition, but it's obviously an advantage for men and, and for women. I mean, you'll notice, like, even the male anchors are, you know, they, they tend to choose for handsomeness at some level. This is just a basic, reality of marketing that we're all aware of now there are there can be things can go too far there can be things in bad taste but what's really interesting is that they've clearly decided that the beer industry as partying football and and babes is something that they're ashamed of and i mean the people who work in marketing in the beer industry, right? That's what this ad is really all about. It's like, I can't believe this is how we used to sell stuff. It's like, well, ultimately, you're talking about beer. I mean, I know people in this, we got all the emails that you could tell the difference between, you know, 
Molson and Coors and Miller and Sam Adams. I mean, I have no idea. Okay. Um, well, I will say, like, higher in beer. Like, okay, there's a difference between Guinness and Bud Light, right? I could well, tell yeah, the difference that's... between those every day. There's not much difference between, I'm going to go to the war, the war on this buck. Everybody out there being like, you mm. give me a blind taste test and I can tell you what a Miller Light is versus a Coors Light versus a Bud Light. I give you nachos and a hot dog and you eat those first and then you start to take a drip, yeah. sip of beer. You can't tell the difference. My my, my point here just being that it is obviously a big part of it is marketing, right? This is, it's the perception of the brand. What does this brand represent for you? What does this brand represent overall? That's true in beer. It's true in, you know, chocolate bars and cars and you name it, right? We all know this stuff. Marketing 101. Tudor Dixon, you mentioned yes. her. We have it now. Here she is. She ran for governor. Now she's on the Clay and Buck podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast stream you should all subscribe to on the iHeart app. But anyway, here she is saying, you know, beer and bikini is not a bad combo. From a marketing perspective, I think it's very clear that those were not their buyers. So now they know that the trans community was not their main source of revenue. <laughs> you have got to look at that. I'm telling you, my marketing strategy for them will work. Go back to chicks in bikinis with a car wash, drinking Bud Light. You're going to sell a lot. It's true. I mean, the, you know, the association also, this is true for wine drinkers, and now I'm starting to sound like I sit around with a top hat and a monocle. I don't drink beer, but I drink a little bit of wine. Um, but I, and I, 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 I'm dressed like Mr. Peanut when I drink my wine. Apparently, I've got like a little cane, little top hat. But um, they, they've they've done studies to show this is sounding really nerdy. We're talking about alcohol, but that people's belief that what they're drinking is really good, meaning really really excellent vintage, does enhance the pleasure they get from drinking it. So the yeah. perception can drive some of the the pleasurable brain signal reality of it. And so the whole point here for Miller and Bud and everything is someone, uh, they crack it open, relaxing, partying. I mean, this is just in, in all the marketing. And if the association is beautiful women, partying, sunny place, good day, that can affect the way the beer actually tastes to the person, as crazy to some as that may sound. Most of life is aspirational. And most of marketing is making people aspire to be in better places than they are right now. Most beer drinking, let's be honest, is by men, by themselves, in their house. Right? I, I think that's the, the number one way I would imagine that beer is consumed, on average, in America, is a guy who's 50 years old drinks a beer by himself in his house. The way they sell beer is, oh, you're going to be at the Super Bowl and you're going to be uh, hanging out with a uh, Victoria's Secret supermodel back when the su Victoria's Secret supermodels actually were good-looking and not just fat chicks, and you're going to be hanging out with all your best buddies, high-fiving, your team's going to win, and the reality is you're probably watching your team lose from your uh, from your house by yourself, uh, and, uh, and, and, and that's the reality. But the aspirational aspects of it are good, and here's the challenge. And I, I think about this a lot because I, I can see this tying in with why Vice has gone bankrupt and why BuzzFeed has collapsed. But these marketing people that all these big brands hire, they live in New York and L.A. They never drink beer. They certainly never drink light beer. And they go out and they talk to their friends and it's some, you know, Harvard MBA who's 37 years old, a woman. And she's like, hey, what would make you drink Miller Lite or Bud Light, even though her friends never drink it now? And they sit around and they're drinking wine and they say, well, you know, if they were just less misogynistic, maybe and the answer is no, you're never going to walk up to a bar if you are a 37 year old uh, graduate degree woman by and large and be like, hey, I'll have a Miller Lite. You just aren't going to do that. You're not going to order a Bud Light. But they convince themselves that if they run a marketing campaign to appeal to the people in their social circles, that it will somehow work when the reality is it's some dude in the Midwest who loves Ohio State. It's some guy in Alabama who loves Auburn. And they sit around and they drink light beer and they like football. And guess what? They like good-looking girls. That's the base. Don't try and change your brand. You are destroying what made your brand exist in the first place by hiring these people, and yet they do it over and over and over again. Brad Stelter 
would like to go on the record that Clay is both mansplaining and beer splaining, <laughs> and and Stelter is literally shaking right now, literally <laughs> shaking right now. So I just want everyone to know the beer splitting and mansplaining has not gone unnoticed by the MSM out there. You know, with inflation on the rise and the stock market really looking choppy, protecting your retirement savings can be a real challenge. But to weather today's economic uncertainty, Phoenix Capital Group recommends diversifying your investments right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Look, I'm an investor with Phoenix Capital. I read through all of their material and spoke to their people, and I really like what they're doing. So I personally have invested my own money in this company. I think you should really check them out, too. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Voices of sanity in an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So on Friday, I got to talk to you. Clay was out, so this is Buck. I got to talk to you about the Daniel um, Penny case in New York City. And this is the uh, former Marine who stepped in when there was someone uh, uh, named Neely. Jordan Neely, who was threatening people on a subway car. And for a lot of New Yorkers, and including me, this was just another time, another instance where the expectation is that the law-abiding, the decent, the the people who are productive are expected to be in a state of fear and do nothing because the city did nothing. I think that's important to remember, too. 
When someone has been arrested 44 times, the authorities have an obligation to take this person out of public circulation to get the help they need in a carceral setting. Okay, when someone's arrested 44 times, including for, you know, this isn't someone who was stealing a pack of gum or something. He was assaulting people, attacking people. Someone said he even tried to he, he tried to push somebody in front of a train. I mean, this is really bad stuff. So this Marine steps in and Clay, a lot of for a lot of folks out there, uh, myself included, it's it's just too much to watch the left try to tear this guy down as as you know they started out saying that he was just an out and out racist might as well be a clansman engaged in a lynching ayanna presley said horrific stuff reckless destructive lies now though we have the reality of this trial i can report to everybody though that penny has two million dollars that has been raised for him now i i believe all of that will likely go toward his defense i know this from friends of mine who have been high-dollar criminal defense attorneys, Clay, people with a lot of money can run out of all their money very fast because of how expensive it is to defend yourself in these kinds of situations. But at least now Penny has a serious legal war chest to bring the best possible defense and just hopefully convince that jury that he should not be held liable for this. You know, Buck, when this story happened, it immediately reminded me of you as a born and raised new yorker talking about walking around the city how often you saw potential perpetrators involved in violent you know criminal behavior but also thought in the back of your mind i can never do anything as a citizen because they will if you do something if you're a white guy and god forbid it's a black guy who is engaging in violent behavior same thing if you're working in a uh in as a security guard if you if you do anything they will immediately call you a racist and this guy um is being charged as i said they knew they couldn't get him on murder 1 or murder 2 cuz there's clearly no intent here so they basically got him on a manslaughter charge which is a reckless behavior charge for lack of a better way of describing it but we just saw what happened to Trump with E. Jean Carroll, the money that's raised for a defense attorney, I would encourage everybody who can afford to donate to his defense because I don't think this guy did anything wrong. Certainly, he wasn't intending for this to be the result of his action. But when you allow identity politics to determine everything, which is what the left wing in this country does, if a white guy is involved in any way with any behavior that can be branded racist, they will. And so as soon as this video went out, Nobody cares about the massive amounts of crime that are going on all over this country, black-on-black crime, Hispanic-on-Hispanic, even white-on-white, right? Because, Buck, if this guy had been a white, crazy person on the subway and this Marine had done the same thing, none of you would have ever heard a word, right? And if this had been a crazy white guy getting choked out by a black guy who was a former Marine, none of you would have ever heard of this at all. The only reason this was a story is because Daniel Penny was white, uh, and this uh, Neely individual was black. And we said that as soon as it happened, and that is also the only reason he's being charged with a crime. This is identity politics meets criminal law. It was uh, unfortunate, but as soon as this went viral, this is what Alvin Bragg felt compelled you know, to do. There's also, a, you see this a lot now in these videos that will circulate during traffic stops, um, and law enforcement that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. Look, some of these videos show cops acting like jerks which can happen because cops are people too and some of them yep. even go bad some of them are criminals some of them break the law but obviously less than one percent of them are criminals or doing anything like that right but law enforcement is not perfect that said because no profession is perfect that said when you see these uh stops clay what you often have are people who just say i'm not getting out of the car this is becoming more and more common they'll say you're under arrest and they'll say no i'm not going with you and this then leads to escalation. Part of this, and I, and I think this is what it really gets to in the context, not only of, of Penny in New York, but, you know, in San Francisco, they're trying to pass this bill now that says you can't use force to defend property. Ultimately, this is really the basis of it. All. Ultimately, the law is you will obey. And if you do not obey, at some point, there will be force of the state brought down on you, that the state seeks a monopoly on violence, essentially, or on force. And you can't just do this where you disarm people 
and disallow them to um, to defend themselves and refuse to even have the state use violence to enforce the law, right? To let people go all the time, to say, oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to... You're creating... The term everyone keeps seeing these days is anarcho-tyranny, where everyone has to be afraid and the whim of the state is the only defense you have. And if that means that you can't defend yourself, too bad. And I wonder, I know our producer, Allie, rides a subway every day. If you told the average woman who is on the subway, the average young kid, there is going to be a former Marine who is in good shape and is able to act to protect individuals on your subway car. How many people would say, I will sign up for that in a heartbeat? I think almost every woman and a lot of kids out there that are traveling on the subways, and I think a lot of men who aren't comfortable defending themselves, which unfortunately is a huge percentage of men in this country today, And so I wonder, Buck, as this case plays its way through the New York City court system, if Daniel Penny is found not guilty, which he should be, of this manslaughter charge, I hope that it is going to be an eye-opening moment for many people out there about the degree to which people of all races, white, black, Asian, and Hispanic, feel unsafe in New York City and also many other of the major cities out there across the country, in particular women and, and children. Obviously, there's not any children on this jury, but I would think if you're a woman who rides on the subway and you had to decide between a guy who's making violent threats, who has engaged in violent behavior before, or the Marine, I just don't see any way, if even in New York City, Buck, that this can be a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt, because well, is, I don't think his behavior was reckless. I was going to ask you, uh, do you think that they're going to try to get a plea deal for this? I, I, I get the sense that Bragg's office has got to know, you know, maybe they give a plea deal with a very minimal, very minimal jail time. Look, three years is the bottom end of the recommendations right now, and with parole... That would mean that you could get out probably in 15 months. If I'm Penny, I think I take this, I think I take yeah. this all the way, but I would assume that Bragg does not want to take this to trial if he can avoid it because on this one in New York City, you know, the, the libs who go on CNN and MSNBC may pretend like everybody is outraged by this and everybody thinks this was like racist in some way. People who ride the subway are like, we're sick of this crap. That's honestly where that's the mindset right now. Politically, Buck, this charge feels like the bare minimum that Bragg can do to bow to the woke activists. And then I wonder behind the scenes, to your point, are they trying to figure out a way to get out of this with a plea? I don't think Penny will plea. And also, Bragg may have decided from a political perspective that even bringing these charges and losing is beneficial to him because then he can blame the jury as opposed to himself. In other words, give a bare minimum charge. If you get a conviction, the woke people are happy. If Penny beats these charges, then you have done everything that you could have done in this situation. The big loser here, frankly, unfortunately, is the justice system because there's no reason legitimately for Penny to have been charged in the first place. And by the way, this is evidence, this lack of safety all over the American cities, massive decline in testosterone that has occurred everywhere, right? 50% testosterone decline, and that testosterone decline means the men of America have less energy, less vigor, less vitality. They all act like the Biden administration every single day, and that's when you need to check out Chalk. Chalk will make a line of nutritional supplements with a single purpose. Give you more energy and power throughout the day instead of crashing in the afternoon. Their male vitality stack, perfect example about that. Three natural supplements designed to replenish deficient amounts of testosterone in men's body. In fact, in just three months... With this consumption of chalk products, your testosterone levels will increase by 20%. You will feel the difference in your energy, in your focus, in your vim, in your vigor, in your vitality. That's what you need to go check out right now. Chalk online. CHOQ.com is the website. CHOQ.com. Go there right now. 
You'll get 35% off any chalk subscription you choose for the life of your subscription when you use my name in your purchase process. That's Clay, C-L-A-Y. Chalk.com, my name Clay, for 35% off. And, hey, how about the ladies out there? Chalk has great products for you, too. You can check it out for yourself. C-H-O-Q.com is the website. One more time, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, to get hooked up. 35% off for life. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Buck, over the weekend, I saw this and I just said, this is a perfect representation of why so many of these companies are collapsing. I mentioned off the top, Vice has gone bankrupt. They had a $5.7 billion valuation just a few years ago. They were raising money from Disney, from all these big media companies like crazy. They've now gone bankrupt. BuzzFeed stock is around 50 cents a share. The entire BuzzFeed value right now, according to the market cap, $80 million. What's going on here? Why are these companies collapsing? I would argue it's because they've gone so woke, Buck, that they are fundamentally dishonest with their audiences. And here is a perfect representation of that. I saw this on Sunday. The Nation which is an unabashedly far left wing outlet sent out uh, this tweet. I, I think yeah. they're they're actually I mean they're commies. I mean that pejoratively, but I think they think of themselves as commies too. I mean they are radical left. They are lunatics. Even for far left wing, it is far left wing, right? The yep. nation for those of you who have not paid attention. Uh that is how bad they are. But they send out this tweet. When Leah Thomas first entered the women's NCAA swimming scene in 2021, she got the kind of attention rarely given to swimming athletes outside of the Olympics. Thomas was good, but she wasn't the next Simone Biles of her field. So what explained a frenzy? Maybe that it's a dude. But this maybe is the was, male genitalia yeah. for the female, the quote female swimmer was a, was a little bit of a challenge for some folks. Maybe because the woman had a penis uh, and yeah. was also a man who was dominating all women. But Buck, I mean, we can laugh about this, but what this represents is the fundamental dishonesty of much of media right now. Right, even the most left wing nation writer understands that the reason why this person got so much attention was because sports fans said, hey, this is a dude pretending to be a woman who is now winning women's championships. So the tweet itself, even for far left people, Buck, is dishonest. And that is the world in which we live in where you're not allowed to recognize and point out the fundamental dishonesty. You see, just just a few days ago, um, the French runner Halba Diouf um, was banned from the Olympics. Did you see this? A trans female. And, I mean, if you look, I, I, there's a photo uh, up on Fox. I mean, it looks it looks like a guy with long hair. Yeah. Right? I mean, you look at the physique. This is a man. This is a male runner with long hair uh, because that's what it actually, that's what we're dealing with. But I just thought this was fascinating. I'd never seen this before. This is in the Reuters headline about this trans issue. It's very similar to, with, with the nation. Like, you ha- let, let me give the headline and then why they're yeah. doing this, right? Or, or the uh, the the way they described uh, Diouf is a um, a person who has gone through male puberty. That was the quote. They described this sprinter as Diouf, a person who has gone through male puberty. That is known as a man. <laughs> that is known as a man, a person who has gone through male yes. puberty is male. But the reason they do this, Reuters, the Nate, that was Reuters, by the way, right? It's worse than the nation. They're a bunch of commies. You expect lunacy from them. But this is, it's very common in, in cults where you see people that they have to debase themselves. They have to say things that they know to be untrue. And then that becomes part of your fealty to the group, right? Part of the way you show your faith to the trans cult here is to come up with new, you know, 
new ways to express this belief, which is that, you know, a man can become a woman, right? New ways to describe this. It's like they're showing off for each other. Yeah, Buck, and I would even say it, there's a scarier element to what Reuters is trying to do there as well, is this would then allow, like if you think from the argument perspective, they can say, well, this is why young kids need to be able to get so-called gender-affirming care, because once they go through puberty, then they won't be able to compete in athletics because they're being defined. That's the problem with That's defining puberty right. as masculinity. Like, and, uh, Because then you say, well, at 11, you need to be able to treat this yeah. boy as if he's a girl or vice versa so they can have a quote-unquote normal life. That's what they're trying to seed here with the Reuters headline. There's been in history, uh, we can go history nerds here for a second, there have been different um casts different groups where there have been extreme gender really mutilation uh for for some purpose right there was yep. um there were eunuchs why did you have eunuchs guarding the harem of the sultan for example or guarding we all understand why because you're not worried about the guy who doesn't really have functional male parts anymore wanting to try to um have you know relations with the women of the harem or with the uh, royal family, etc. There's the uh, castrati, which, you know, you know about this, right? Men, this was done in parts of Europe, men who would have their male, at a young age, their male area removed so they could sing high notes even into adulthood. That's a real thing that happened. We look back on these things now with revulsion. You know, we think, and, and the point of it was, well, okay, granted, you wouldn't be able to have children, but you would be a singer in the court of, you know, Archduke so-and-so, and you would, you know, be a celebrated uh, artist or whatever. And everyone looks back at that and says, that's 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 terrible. You can't do that to people. Now they want, you know, 10-year-olds to cut their breasts off. And we're supposed yeah. to think that that's fine. And not only that, Buck, I mean, some of the same people who were, and I would love to hear them try to rationalize this, some of the same people who are saying gender-affirming care is necessary, a decade or 20 years ago were the people who were protesting against genital mutilation, so-called female circumcision, yeah. Oh, yeah. in Africa, right? So the idea that you would get part of your sex organs removed as a child when you could not consent to it in Africa was a human rights violation. Right. Now the same people are arguing you should be able to take your genitals off or it's not fair treatment. Like they, they literally have taken both sides of the equation here, and they can't in any way square that. And so they just pretend they never said it. Didn't uh, Didn't Tucker once refer to Brian Stelter as CNN's resident eunuch? Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember. Sometimes Tucker said things that that actually made me LOL, and that was one of them. Yes. Yeah, did you see, I don't know that we talked about this, the reaction from inside of CNN to the Trump town hall. Uh, who was it, Olivia? Who was the guy, Darcy? What's the guy's name? Oliver like, Darcy. Uh, Used to work Oliver at the Blaze, Dar believe it or not. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Yep. Well, oh, he's one of they those. Said, they said after he got called out by the new head of CNN, I always loved this phrase, he was visibly shaken. Have you ever been visibly shaken by nope. a meeting? Nope. I mean, like... I understand if you're vis visibly shaken if yeah. someone tries to kill you. I was right? say, like if you just kicked in you, a door in Ramallah, you when, could be visibly shaken. The, when you step off the curb and and you just end up managing to get missed by a milk truck going eighty miles an hour and you feel the breeze across your face in your life, then you're allowed to be visibly shaken for a minute. You know what I mean? Not because yeah. you didn't like the CNN town hall. Yeah. So the CNN town hall, they called in this Darcy guy and they said, I think the reports are that the new head of CNN like ripped him over his what he had written about the CNN town hall. And all the reports said when Darcy left the meeting, he was visibly shaken. You're visibly shaken because your boss tells you he didn't like what you did. Like maybe maybe man up a little bit. I'm just going to toss that out there. You're an employee. Quit if you're truly upset. But to be visibly shaken after a meeting, after someone said something to you, uh, this is everything that's wrong well, with uh, the policing of in, words in general. I want to take a little trip down wokeness lane for a second because, you know, we're, Clay, the, the two of us, we're in our own ways. We have, like, master's degrees in woke history and wokeology just from covering it now for so many years. Earlier on in the era of Twitter and, and Facebook, uh, you know, maybe of almost a decade ago, remember when they were so upset they would do the 
literally shaking yes. RN for <laughs> I'm literally shaking right now. Like Brian Stelter would be like, I'm literally shaking right now from you know the results of like a gubernatorial election somewhere. You know that was yes. that was the way they used to. That was pre-Ukraine flags and preferred pronouns. I think peak uh, Stelter as a eunuch uh, to use Tucker's phrase. Definitely had to be when he put out of the thread about how, like, he just got in his bed and curled up and cried because he was so... Do you remember that thread? Yep. Oh, of course. Yep. I mean, look, you can be upset about things, but if you're like, I'm just so terrified about the way the world is going, I just had to curl up in the fetal position and have a good long cry. Good Lord, man. Get control of your masculine parts. Step it up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I hope you're all not visibly shaken by the first 45 minutes of the Clay and Buck show today. And if you are, congratulations on voting for Joe Biden. Uh, Next Gen Healthcare, a healthcare solutions provider, suffered a data breach last month and exposed the personal information of over a million individuals. We're talking names, addresses, birth dates, and social security numbers, all the stuff cyber criminals can use to commit online identity theft. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal info gets exposed so often, it can make it dangerously easy for something like this to happen, which is why we encourage you to protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. When you sign up with LifeLock, you're getting the best online identity theft protection there is. Their systems monitor billions of online transactions and new account openings looking for evidence your info's in the wrong hands. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use that promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Promise, we're now joined by Mason Speed Sexton, my dad, who is the founder of New Paradigm Research. Last time he was on the show was for Father's Day, but today it's for a very different reason. We're going to dive into his expertise. Dad spent over 50 years on Wall Street, worked for Morgan Stanley and Solomon Brothers, ran his own firm for decades. In 87, he actually got a ton of press for calling the Black Monday stock market crash on TV. He's also called a lot of other important moments in the market. Today, we've invited him on because he's going public with his first major prediction about the market and the economy in years but first dad welcome great to have you on the program and uh tell everybody out there who's listening like what do they need to know we got a banking crisis we've got a commercial real estate crisis possibly in the in the uh near future what's happening right now well buck first of all it's a great honor to be on your show and uh, with you and clay and um this has been a long time coming <clears throat> but with the response to your question uh this recent banking crisis which started out in march as everybody probably remembers with the demise of uh, silicon valley bank and then it's been followed up by several other major regional bank failures this is just the tip of the iceberg in my opinion uh i think we're headed for a really difficult time uh, not only in uh, banking, but the economy and the stock market. Um, and I think it's uh, very important that uh, your listeners do everything they can to protect their assets and uh, and take as uh, a defensive position as possible, at least over the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, Mr. Sexton, I appreciate you coming on with us. I've been talking on the show, and I'm curious, you're a longtime New York City resident, about the dangers of commercial real estate. And Buck just kind of uh, tiptoed up to it there in, in his opening question for you. How bad do you think this commercial real estate universe is going to get with two things conspiring? One, not as many people are now going into the office. And two, due to the massive rise in uh, in, in, in interest rates, so many of these uh, commercial real estate deals are going to have to be renegotiated. And on paper, they might have made sense at 2 and 3%. At 6 and 7%, they don't. How much of a mess is this going to be? Well, that's an excellent question, Clay. And, of course, it ties directly into the banking crisis because uh, about 70% of loans to small business in this country are made by regional banks, and their portfolios contain about 20 to 25% of these commercial real estate loans you're talking about. So uh, as you've heard probably recently, a number of these major office buildings uh, on the West Coast, particularly one in San Francisco that in 2018 uh, uh, was valued at $300 million. They're, they're not even sure they can get a bid for $60 million. This is right in the downtown uh, business uh, section of San Francisco. So these impairments uh, are, are just adding to the overall problem in the banking sector. And one of the reasons I'm so negative uh, on the banks and, and then ultimately on uh, the economy. What's going to happen is that by the fourth, third or fourth quarter of this year, in my opinion, you're going to see a really bad recession take hold, partly as a result of the fact that the regional banks are pulled back dramatically on lending to small business in this country. And as I said, small business activity is about, 80, about 70% of the economy. Um, and then this commercial uh, loan issue is uh, is going to be uh, persistent, and it's it's a function of the what I call the new paradigm, which is uh, that people don't really want to you know go into an office that they don't absolutely have to. They 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 save a lot of time, they spend more time with their family, and they're more productive working uh, remotely. So these are major long term transformations that are impacting the economy uh, and the banking sector at the same time. And um, I think they point to uh, much lower prices in, in the stock market. We're speaking to Mason Sexton, my dad, a uh, 50-year veteran of Wall Street, founder of New Paradigm Research. And, Dad, to that end, I know if people go to disruption2023.com, you're going to be partnering with this show in the weeks ahead to tell people more about this but what is it you're going to be doing at New, New Paradigm 
And what will they see if they sign up at disruption2023.com? Right. So they'll get, uh, Buck, a, uh, basically our, our, our research for free here initially and get a good idea of what uh, what we're producing. Uh, it's primarily focused on four ETFs, uh, the Spider, which is the S&P, of course, and, and represents the bulk of the stock market, the TLT, which is the bond ETF, uh, the long-term treasury bond, government bond, then the gold, uh, the GLD ETF, and then finally the XLE, which represents the energy market. Look, uh, if we'll dad, dad thinks that there's a, a huge correction coming and he thinks that people listening to this now could be on the wrong side and get hurt, but he wants to help out and he wants to just give you insights that you need. So sign up. All you have to do is give your email at disruption2023.com. Enter your email address there. That's disruption2023.com. There'll be a full video presentation coming out. Everything about the big predictions he's making for this year. Dad. Thank you. We'll talk to you more about the economy as this goes along, and thanks for partnering with the show on this. No, it's a pleasure, Buck. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I was just talking to my dad, so this is actually perfect timing to talk about Legacy Box, everybody, because, you know, I'm talking to my dad today, and we could just do a whole show talking about family memories, uh, many recorded on video or old-school photos, right? Not an iPhone. So how do you share those things going forward? Well, the number one way is to use Legacy Box because Legacy Box will transfer your videotapes, Super 8 films, audio cassettes, print photos, you name it. For millions of families, being able to relive those moments from the 80s or 90s and see them with the help of Legacy Box is a big deal. Legacy Box, which is based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, makes this whole process simple and safe. You ship them your tapes and film in a specially made box that they send you, and then in a few weeks' time, you'll get a digital file along with all the originals. Then you can sit back and watch hours and hours of memories and easily share them with others. It's a great service. My family's used it. Clay's family has used it. And now yours can, too. And right now, for a limited time, to get started future-proofing uh, future your past, take advantage of this great discount, too. Just go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. Old photos and videos with Dad, with Grandpa, with whomever in the family. Protect them and be able to share them for future generations with LegacyBox. Go to LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.